1: Happy Father's
2: Day. Pour yourself a cold one. Happy Father's Day weekend, Chad. Thank you. It's 5 o'clock on the East Coast.
1: Fathers out there or non-fathers, pour yourself a drink. Do you mind if I describe Father's Day weekend from your perspective based on past comments? please do. Uh, Monday, Chad will come in and just ask the question. Why is Father's Day not regarded as highly as Mother's Day? Just, Just asking the question had your thoughts on what you will be saying on monday well
2: you've said this before let me begin with a my, have, own, <laughs> my own personal story so
1: you have said this before
2: i will be coaching softball <laughs> as i do every damn weekend this weekend all all weekend so there's gonna be no my in-laws are in town also there's no real father's day celebration there's no time no time at all this weekend for father's day plus no one wants to honor me which i totally understand um <laughs> Mother's Day is a much bigger deal, and I understand why. And I'm okay with it being a bigger deal. So I'm not someone who says Father's Day should get equal billing as Mother's Day. But there is this weird trend that every <laughs> year on Father's Day, there just happens to be a very busy weekend where I'm completely neglected. <laughs> totally. Kids, family, everyone. No matter what, there's always something going on, Hutton. And I think there's other dads out there that are hearing this that
1: agree with me. I'll hear about this later from Chad. There's always something. For bringing this up. He he would bring this up on Monday on his own. It's never an empty weekend, right? Mother's Day, clear the decks. You're slammed. I can't hang out with you No plans.
2: Didn't have softball practice that Sunday. Honor the moms.
1: Yeah. But hey. I've asked you what what your plans are. You are booked. Solid.
2: Let's go ahead and enter that softball (laughs) tournament on Father's Day weekend. No problem. (laughs) Dads, don't even look over here. Nothing to see here. Don't be honored one bit. That's what dads get every Father's Day weekend. My mom, God bless her, sent out a text to the family and said, Everyone is busy this weekend, but we will have a Father's Day celebration (laughs) next Saturday. Next Wednesday night. (laughs) Next Saturday, whatever June 25th or whatever that date is. Next Saturday, we'll have a Father's Day celebration. I'd like to get together and grill. Okay?
1: Wednesday afternoon lunch.
2: Hutton. That text message <laughs> had zero responses, <laughs> not a single like, not a single heart, I believe not it. even a thumbs down, I not an it. exclamation point, nothing. No one responded to it. None of the dads were willing to respond. None of the spouses, none of the siblings, no one responded to it. Don't know if this is going to happen. And also, very interesting that the suggestion was we're going to get together and grill. Who do you think will be doing the grill? Thank you. Chad. It'll be one of the fathers. Well, maybe not me. It could be my brother. Maybe Tom. Could be my dad. It'll be one of the dads, though. It'll be you or Tom. So, anyway, look. I get it. Mother's Day, bigger deal. Should be. But to all the dads out there that have to put up with this level of disrespect (laughs) that I do at all times, (laughs) I... Take my hat off to you.
1: I support you. Not everybody can be. Clay I want you to know Cooper right style. now
2: that you're. Yeah, we're here for you. Yeah. Clay's having a Father's Day just extravaganza this weekend. Tip baseball of that, Hall of Fame. Kids playing baseball. He's in one of the most perfect Americana places in this country.
1: He's, he's live texting us. Good for throughout him. Throughout the show. Good for him. Yeah.
2: To the rest of us. Which is the majority of them, and I am, I am one of the people, all right? Unlike Clay, <laughs> I am one of you. I, I salute you <laughs> to all the dads out there that will be neglected this weekend, that will not be honored. I salute you. And Hutton,
1: thank you for saying Happy well, Father's Day. You're welcome. That's the only one I'll get <laughs> all weekend. Final thing on this. Your, your dad is a twin. He is. Were you concerned about that being hereditary and having twins? So as a father, twins skip a generation. Oh, really? So yes. So So Evie needs to be worried about this. No,
2: no, no. It's it's my generation. So it's because my dad's generation would not have twins, right? It skips. His parents had him and a twin, and then there. So you were
1: you were worried? Worried may be the wrong word. There are
2: four sets of twins in my families, but it skipped. Every so there's other one. two sets of twins That's that are crazy. in my generation
1: okay so yeah
3: so
2: i you, was worried you were concerned yeah i was concerned about that
1: hit us up uh in no the issues though outkick chat on youtube you can join us there hope you'll subscribe while you're at the channel on youtube just search out outkick um the chats i mean it's booming we even have questions rolling in for guests now it's booming we have mike nolan about to join us in about 15 minutes hey,
2: someone in the chat said poor chad chad you will always be my hero
1: Father's Day, mate. That's Day. all I needed That's to do. That's why I brought this anyone. up early instead of on Monday. All I needed to hear. I, I Thank am, you so much. I see it coming. I want you to just know you are you are loved as a, you. Uh, as a father. I appreciate that. As a father figure. Even to Matt over here as now, a father my, figure. Uh,
2: my eight-year-old did say she was doing batting practice with another dad recently, and the dad texted me and said, <laughs> I have to say that your daughter said – she just talked – my daughter talks up a storm. She said, hey – um I I want you to know that when my little sister was young, Lucy, that she needed mom all the time. So in that moment, I became very close to my dad. And now we're sort of connected. And that that meant a lot. And uh, the guy said, you know, Evie told me this. And I thought, hey, I I appreciate you telling me that. I will never hear it. That will never be said on Father's Day. But at least she's telling other people that we're connected. It's good. It's good to know from someone.
1: I think you and I initially came into the show... Different on whether or not the NBA did the right thing on the suspension. I lean more towards where you're coming from on this. But I think the 25 games that John Moran is suspended for now, official as of this morning, I look through it as the lens of they have announced this on June 16th, not on October 16th, which is whenever the regular season begins. This guy has to stay on the straight and narrow based on the parameters of whatever Adam Silver has put forth for him for six or seven months before he's back into the league. I would have gone, and I've said this earlier, I would have gone with the NFL version of the indefinite suspension, meaning here are the parameters, you're suspended indefinitely until... You meet the criteria in order to be a uh, welcome back, whatever that is. It can be a low bar, by the way. You can set a very low bar, but you're suspended indefinitely, meaning Calvin Ridley, you bet on the NFL, you're suspended at least a year, but it's indefinite until you say and prove and go through the things of everything that needs to be said or done to get back into the league based on the violation of the betting agreement. What does that really mean it meant that calvin ridley couldn't bet for a year and he didn't i don't know if Ja morant can go six months without doing something stupid and i think that's really the suspension here announcing it now as opposed to whenever the regular season begins it's not just 25 games it is seven million dollars out of his pocket he's suspended without pay he can't be around the grizzlies facility until the suspension ends, which will be roughly based on last year's schedule, it's like December 13th or 14th. Point being, Chad, 25 games, 40 games, to me, it's all the same. Seven million bucks if you look at the fines. Rasheed Wallace, think about all the fines back in the day. A lot of ejections. The Sports Center days, right? For Rashid, yeah. How much do you think Rashid Wallace was fined over his career total? Not nearly as much as what this it's is It's like three hundred grand total, all right, seven million dollars. Inflation of, since then, but yes, yeah. seven million dollars out of the pocket of Ja Morant. Considering it's a player run league, the PA runs everything. the The stars run everything, and here is a star getting fined, uh, not fined, suspended twenty five. He's missing out on seven million dollars, and not a peep from any of the other stars saying you know what this is not fair how dare you racist not hearing any of that this is the one time where adam silver can say you know what i'm the commissioner here Twenty five forty really doesn't matter because this guy has to show between now and december that he's not going to jump on social media and flash a gun when his when his boy goes live on instagram like I don't trust that to happen again based on what has happened. I'm not even reading the statement from John Morant because I don't care about his words. I care about his actions. And Adam Silver is saying that too, based on the suspension, I would have gone indefinite because again, that doesn't put a number on it. And it comes across as more harsh, even though that may not be the mentality of the commissioner. I think the NBA wants him in the league. The Grizzlies definitely want him back. John Morant is all about ball when he's on the court but off of it, he has to prove that he's able of keeping himself together to the point where he's eligible to come back. I think the parameters are pretty set forth, even though we don't know clear-cut, Chad, what is and what is not a part of this whole overall plan that he has to prove. To me, like, he can go through all this counseling and all this. I What it really comes down to, are you going to be on Instagram? Are you going to be on TikTok? Are you going to be on, are you going to be on YouTube? Are you going to do this on camera or not? That's all it comes down to. And can you do it? Can you just do it on your own, privately, for seven months? Can you do that for seven months? Because you, you could not do it for two after you were suspended for eight games and after the NBA had your back and acted like you had some terminal illness, and that's why you had to go away from the team for a couple of weeks.
2: Well, it's ridiculous we're even having this discussion about can you do it for seven months? Like I don't, of
1: course. He but that's be what they're—that's what they're saying without saying it.
2: Yeah, I, let me share my opinion on why the league and players around the league now. The players' association is saying too harsh. The league isn't saying anything because I firmly believe the league thinks that John Moran is really dumb. I think they look at what he's done and they think Absolutely. Man, that's really stupid. And guys have said that uh, Sauce Gardner in the NFL said as much. I'm sure privately to themselves, players across the league are saying, "Man, John Morant is an
1: idiot." And Sauce Gardner deleted that. Happened. You know why? Because he realized he was admitting that he carries a gun. He just yeah. doesn't flaunt it, and he deleted that based on his own personal. Not because experience. he called him an idiot,
2: right? Because he, yeah, he has a gun too. Yeah. So I think the league believes that John Morant's an idiot, and you know what? They're right. He is an idiot right now. Now he can prove everyone wrong, but it's not going to take seven months. Seven months could get him back in the league by not doing anything stupid and playing, but this is more of a two, three-year process. If he goes another two to three seasons and we don't hear from him, then we'll look back in 2026 and say, man, John Moran, I think, got the message. He figured things out. He's just been a good player that's been quiet. We haven't heard from him. We haven't seen crazy videos. He hasn't been getting in trouble. He's not been calling his crew to the footlocker to threaten people. Yeah. He's not been inviting high school kids to his house to get in brawls with while playing pickup games. So good for John Morant, he figured it out. This is a seven-month trial probation to see if he can walk the straight and narrow and not get in trouble and not do anything to embarrass the league. And if he does that, he'll be playing again. But this is more of a two- to three-year process for him to truly prove himself. He certainly can do it. I think he should be very thankful today, very grateful that it's only 25 games. I think coming back in December of this next season is a gift for him and a gift to the Memphis
1: Grizzlies. Could have been much worse. Chad, here's why I say it should have been indefinite, but why I understand why it's not. This is the same commissioner who said, you know what? It was eight games. If we made it 12, is that really significant? That's a quote from Adam Silver based on what happened after the suspension. So is 25 or 40 really that significant? The answer is no. Indefinite would be, but indefinite doesn't come across with the NBA PA the same way. It's setting a precedent. So this is a suspension that allows everyone to be on board. Those that wanted a harsh penalty for John Morant months ago, are saying this is light and that's exactly what Adam Silver wants because it's really not light it's a 7 million dollar fine without saying it a 25 game suspension and between now and December this guy has to stay off Instagram live without flashing a firearm which he can't do for more than two months again that's what the NBA has done and in the, in the in NBA PA by and large, will go along with this because it's not indefinite. So I I think it's smart to be 20. It doesn't matter what the games are. This dude either is or is not about the policy. That's what it comes to. It doesn't matter if he does the drive-through counseling in Florida, if he goes to some, you know, uh, darkness retreat in California. doesn't matter. Uh, All the NBA cares about is... Is this happening on our watch? Which it is. And what is going on behind the scenes to make sure it doesn't happen again? And, well, and how and hard is and, it to first just First and foremost, say, going back to your point, I think they've listened to your overall point more than anything. John ja Morant has to be about John ja Morant. It's up to him to want to change. Well, he has shown us that if you give him six months, he will give you reasons for a suspension. That's what adam silver has just laid out give me a reason not to allow you back in because right now it's 25 it can be more and you have to prove that you can be back by december by just not doing anything
2: well he's everyone around him his their mill ticket clearly his parents the crew that's around him how hard is it to say hey take my guns away from me you guys that are it's, here, I need you to do no, something. No, it, if I'm in danger, you can be my bodyguard. I don't even think Let's it's that, Let's put though. our phones away
1: I, and not film it. I, it's not even about... It, it is him... But that's pulling. so easy to do. The guy, the guy in the car with him, though, didn't know that he was pulling the gun out. He moved the camera away the minute he turned around well, and saw Jaw with the gun and moved it back. This, these are also and, uh, the again, perils of a
2: life lived where everyone around you does nothing but agrees with you and but, does what you want and no one will but, step up to it. But,
1: but, but this is also the life where everyone around you has helped you get to where you are and now they're influencing the bottom dollar on the, the contract that you're signing and you just signed that comes into effect now. So he went from $12 million to $34.5 million salary from last year to this year. So the $600,000 fine last year to $7 million, while you look at the bottom line, and he's still getting paid, what, $27? Uh, when it's all said and done, 26 dollars That's still a significant fine to where he is currently. And I hope, he, I hope he realizes it, because the statement reads about the same as the last one. Chat GPT could have done a better job uh, than it did the first time for John Moran. It's about actions, not words. Chat GPT can't help him now, and Adam Silver is saying, "Hey, uh, you want to prove it? If you're about all all the stuff we've talked about in person, you have your chance. But you couldn't make it two months last time. Try six and a half." And so I'm glad that they I'm glad they announced it today instead of a month from now. The timetable doesn't. It didn't really matter when they announced it, but it matters if you announce it now knowing what the parameters are for the NBA come December because the 25 games don't start until October. I think that does factor into the overall suspension and why I think Silver got it right, even though 25 seems light based on the reported 40 or season or whatever. Just don't be an idiot. It's very simple. Just don't be an idiot. Coming up, Mike Nolan joins us. He's been there and done that. Defensive coordinator for some of the top defenses in NFL history, including the Baltimore Ravens. Head coach as well in the National Football League for the San Francisco 49ers. Now he's in the USFL, and he is full of stories from his dad coaching with some of the greats and being one of the greats to now coaching players who hope to just be in the best league,
4: the NFL. Mike Nolan next on Hot Mike.
1: USFL in full swing, and you've got a, a winner go home situation on Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, Father's Day weekend, jam-packed with football on Fox. You've got a game on Saturday, and then Sunday, Michigan and Philly. Winner go home for both teams. That will be the fortieth and final regular season game this season. It starts on Saturday at one o'clock Eastern on USA, followed by the four o'clock kickoff between uh, you've got uh, Birmingham and then uh, the Memphis Showboats uh, that will uh, kick off at four on Fox. Sunday, doubleheader starts on FS1, followed by at seven o'clock Eastern in prime time, Philly and Michigan. Head coach of the Michigan Panthers is Mike Nolan, who rejoins us on the show. Great conversation earlier this season with Coach Nolan. Mike, good to see you, and uh, thanks for coming back on.
3: It's great to see you soon. Thanks for having me on as well. So in,
1: in all of your years, um, not to date you here, but is it <laughs> uh, becoming a head coach in the USFL? I'm very curious about this because you're bridging college and the pro here, uh, NFL wise. Is it easier or, or more difficult to get these guys motivated and focused on the job at hand? You are a football guy. You are about ball. So with that in mind, Is it easier at the NFL level or easier at this level with the motivating factor that the National Football League is watching?
3: You know, I think, I don't know that, I'll say this first off, it's not hard to motivate these guys. They're, you know, they're out here for all the right reasons. All of our players, are come, they're not making the big dollars. They they want an opportunity to get back in the NFL. And so they're here for exactly that. They want to play at, at their uh, at their very best. The more games they get to play in, the, the more worthwhile it is for them to even, you know, be a part of the USFL. So it's not hard to motivate them at all about playing games and in particular playing extra games. So uh, it's really exciting for all of them. And, and just to be playing in the last game of the season, and basically this is our first playoff game, as you well know. Um, it's not the playoffs, but again, yeah. if we win, we're in, if we lose, we're out. And so that, that in itself is a real motivating factor for the guys to win. So we can continue to play.
1: It's an easy week this week for you in that regard.
3: Very, it's a very easy, yeah. The motivation not, doesn't come hard, but again, like I said, every week, it's pretty easy. We've got a great group of guys. And uh, so that has not been a problem whatsoever.
2: How good are the guys you're coaching? How good are they about coming to you for maybe extra advice or asking you extra questions about how to improve their stock?
3: Well, they're pretty open about it. Um, And, and obviously they should be not, not me in particular, but any coach because, they like I said, they're here for the right reasons. They want to get better. They want to get that NFL shot. And uh, and if they play well, naturally, you know, they might get that shot. You know, I'll say this about NFL players as well, though, and it's it's a, it's uh, something I always thought about. People used to always ask me about, you know, when guys are making such big money, um, how do you really motivate and all that? And I said, you know, as a coach, if a player feels like you're going to make them better, they're going to listen to you. So the real key is to be a good enough coach or at least try to work to be someone who can help your players get better because in the process they do they come to you all the time because that's all they want to do they want to play well and the other thing is in the professional level they have a lot more to lose than the coach does so so they you know they're they're pretty receptive and our guys are the same way
1: mike nolan joins us head coach of the michigan panthers a lot to discuss Uh, so many stories that we went down the road with uh, last time you joined us coach uh, a story that's been out throughout the USFL season, uh, your, your son-in-law, David, he had a surgery to, to remove a tumor back in December, um, a long stint in the hospital. How is he doing? And uh, tell us about the road to recovery for David.
3: Well thank you very much for asking to begin with uh David's getting better he's getting better all the time it's a long process to come back from he did have a stroke and he had a mass- massive stroke as well so it was there's uh you know there was some damage and all his he's been he was paralyzed on his right side some of that's coming back so that's good uh his speech is a little deliberate still but uh, his mind is good you know he's all all those functions are are doing well but um he's still he's about 6 months since the actual stroke that he had um but he is coming back He's, he's walking on his own. Um, he's still, he still has a little limp, and he's got a splint on, so to speak. But he's, he's getting, you know, he's, he's come a long way thus far. Um, he still has a little ways to go, um, but he's, he's doing well. And his spirits are good, and that's that's a real positive.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Mike Nolan with us here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Uh, last time you joined us, we discussed some of the defenses you had coached. You, you mentioned uh, a handful of them, Giants, Ravens, others. Um, if you go through your coaching history – there's this one little year where you're a wide receivers coach in Baltimore on the offensive side. What led to you becoming the wide receivers coach for the Baltimore Ravens where the following season you, be- you became the defensive coordinator for Baltimore and then ultimately the head coach in San Francisco? What, what led to you accepting the job on the offensive side of the football?
3: Um, I had been a coordinator, I guess, at that point for maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe eight, nine, ten 10 years or something like that. And when I was at the New York Jets and our head coach left. He went back to college. Al Groh uh, was the coach at that time. He was a very good coach. But anyhow, when he left, all of us were without jobs. This is back in 2000. And um, um, naturally I was looking for a job. And I had called Brian Billick to see if he had any openings on his staff. Um, I still had another year on my contract at at uh at the Jets, so I was going to be paid anyway. But I wanted to obviously I want to stay and not get out. And Brian, um, you know, he said, Look it, I'll think about it, this and that. And anyway, uh before the conversation was over, I remember he asked me, he said, Hey, he said, Do you have any interest in coaching wide receivers? And uh and I said yeah. Uh, he said well he said if if if, uh, if you like he said bring bring your wife and kids ex I you know he said bring your wife and kids down and and uh, come down I was it like I said it was at the jets at the time yeah. he said come on down to Baltimore spend the weekend with us uh, and we stayed with him he said we'll talk we'll talk football and see what's up in the process of talking about that I went back as wide receiver coach I took the job um one of the best years I ever had I mean it was so much fun the guys I was working with on offense were just were just great guys they took me in they didn't they didn't you know, they didn't look at me like, what in the heck are you doing over here? They just helped me. And uh, and I had so much fun and they were friendships that I still have to this day with with a lot of the guys that were there. So it really paid off. But uh look, it was a credit to to really to Brian Billick just to know, you know, because that's how Brian wasn't coaching his staff, you know. He was kind of thinking yeah. ahead. And he did tell me at the time if if uh if something were to change on his defense that uh that he would make me the coordinator. And uh so that was another you know, another draw, but just coaching the receivers in itself, it might've been one of the years that i probably learned more football than I ever have in my entire career was that one year as a wide receiver coach. Um, and it helped me remarkably when I went back to defense with the Ravens, cause we, uh, you know, we were pretty good in those, in those years. So yep. that, th- that, that, that it's that being on offense helped me a lot.
2: Coach, I've long heard actors in Hollywood talk about this, that if someone's casting a movie and they say, can you ride a horse or can you do this? You just say, yes and you'll figure it out later, and then you'll get the part, then you'll do it. Is that the coach's mentality also, that no matter what, if you want a job, hey, you want to coach you know, tight ends, and you're like, sure, yeah, I've done that a lot, I know a lot about it. Do you just always answer yes, and figure it out?
3: very perceptive by you you are 100 percent correct that's exactly what i did i thought you know i'll figure this job out later but right now i got to keep a job so that <laughs> that's funny you say that because that's that's pretty much the way the thinking process went
1: mike nolan with us uh y- your father dick uh a uh, long time great uh in the coaching ranks he was on landry staff for the cowboys and then yes, he was held over with Jimmy Johnson's staff there have to be great stories behind that having grown up within that that time frame and that the overall the aura of what Dallas was about what comes to mind when you think about that
3: well you know it goes for me it actually goes uh Um, all the way back to my childhood. My father was at the Cowboys with Tom Landry back in the 60s when Tom first got the job. It was a year or two later, he called my father. They had played together at the Giants and he called my father to come down and be a player coach for him. So this goes, like I said, all the way back to the early 60s and when I was a child. But uh, so we moved down there. Um, But the time you're talking about is naturally when he went back to the Cowboys after having been a head coach a couple of times in the NFL, my father, that is. And, uh, when he went back to the the Cowboys, he was there, he was there about 10 years or so with Tom again. And for the second time. And, uh, and that's when Jimmy Johnson, uh, you know, came in as when, uh, uh, you know, when Jerry Jones had bought the team naturally made it, made a change and brought in Jimmy and then Jimmy kept my father on for a couple of years. But, um, look at, I think every coach would tell you in, in the coaching ranks, it's, um, it's a really interesting business. I was, was eating with some uh, friends the other day and they who were in the coaching and they were, they were saying the same thing. There's so many stories about things that happen. Um, and for a lot of reasons, it's a very volatile job. You know, you go in and out of jobs, uh, you coach a lot of different players, um, there's the excitement of, of, you know, big games, Super Bowls, championship games, all those kinds of things. There's, uh, there's characters on teams that, um, that always make you laugh, uh, do crazy things. Um, there's, you know, everybody always talks about writing a book. I'm not going to do that naturally, but, uh, there's so many stories that are fun to talk about with people, but there's, believe me, there's so many, that there, there, there's too many to number.
1: Oh, you should absolutely write a book if you can. Um, uh, Mike Nolan with us. Hey, So was there pressure being in the shadow of your father, knowing that what he was as a coach to be a coach? Um, If you're not a coach, what, what, what would you have done if you didn't coach?
3: Well, that's a great question. You know what's interesting? When I got into coaching, I got I played at the University of Oregon. When I and I tried out at the Denver Broncos, I got cut. and went back, and I and I immediately thought I wanted to coach. Um, And I really didn't know that till that time. And what was funny about that is when friends, when I talked with friends over the years, uh, and shortly after that, I should say, when I was in my thirties and forties and stuff, I'd see someone. They'd say, you know, we always knew you'd be a coach. Talking about when I was a little kid, and I was thinking, well, how would you know that? I never knew I wanted to coach. But uh, for some reason, I guess I I uh, gave that message out without knowing it, but it was something that I went into. I really didn't think about s- sizing myself up against my father. I remember it's interesting you ask only because I reflect right now on it. I remember him saying me, to me from time to time about, you know, don't ever try to— to measure up to your dad and whatever it might be. He said, good and bad. He said, cause it's really your life and, yeah. and, you know, be who you want to be and do what you want to be. And so this is long prior to ever even thinking about being a coach, but that was kind of his message to all my siblings. I'm one of six and, uh, he was always that way.
2: You know, it can always go one of two ways with a, a famous parent or, or, you know, whatever profession they're in, you can be a rebel to what they're doing also and and not want to get involved for them or, or want that to be the last thing that you do did you ever have that period in your life where you thought the last thing i want to do is football or the last thing i want to do is coaching or was it always kind of in the back of your mind that maybe even if i don't know it right now this is something i could do at some point
3: i love your guys questions cuz you hit on some things that are that are really that 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 speak loud to me and and uh, when i was i'm one of six I'm the only one that went into sports or into into football. I've got three brothers and two sisters, but, but my three brothers didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, as it went on. So kind of like what you're talking about. It, it, yeah. The way it kind of rubbed them was a bad way. Now, you know, we had, like every coach's kids have, you have a lot of ups and downs, um, meaning when dad's doing well, everything's great. When dad isn't doing so well, things aren't so good. And and affects all of us differently. To me, I remember being motivated by the challenge to try and do the same thing he did. Whereas I know my siblings um, never wanted to. As a matter of fact, they've told me throughout my life, hey, look, if you weren't in football, we wouldn't be watching this stuff. So, um, like I said, it affects people uh, differently, and and it just so happened to affect me in a way that I wanted to do it. And my siblings, just the opposite.
1: You mentioned you're you're a three year Letterman at Oregon as a safety. What do mm. you what do you make of all the conference realignment, Coach, and uh, knowing that Oregon, Washington, they're rumored to the Big Ten, um, and what the Pac-12 could eventually become? The uncertainty with the TV agreements and everything else. Just from someone that has some stake in a university from the plain days, yeah. Do you keep up with uh, it? Do you care? Does it oh, matter? I, what What do you make of where we're headed with college football?
3: You know, I, I keep up with the, with my team with the with Oregon, and there's a couple of good friends that coach at a couple of colleges that I keep up with. Uh, PJ Fleck at uh, Minnesota was a, was a player on my team at the 49ers. And so PJ and I have stayed, have stayed close over the, the years. Boat. So I keep up, row yeah, the row the boat. So I keep up with his team, but I'll say this. It's, I don't really, um, there's, The college game has become so complicated, it seems, lately, as far as what players are able to do and and all that stuff. I mean, I don't – at some point, I think they're going to have to put some rules in place. You know, maybe it's just got to be professional football. You know, you got to get them under contract. Because I know right now, you know, guy, you can go spend a lot of money on recruiting a guy, and he can leave the next year. It doesn't seem like it's very – beneficial to the universities. And so I think something's got to happen down the road, but I really don't know that all the intricacies of what, I just know it's a complicated thing in college, what's going on as far as getting good players and keeping them.
1: Uh, Easier, harder, maybe it's, it's, it's not phrased properly. Maybe it's just more uh, stress-free compared to the other but our coaches by and large part do you want to coach in the nfl compared to college right now based on everything going on and all of the different ways you're pulled in college the college coaches i have i've talked to are just miserable uh can you see where they're coming from
3: Oh yeah, because look, they gotta recruit day and night and all that. And like I just said, that and some you recruit a guy, you get him, you're excited, and then he leaves the next year. You know, something like that. It's gotta be frustrating. And uh I know this the college job is every bit as much a full-time job uh now as as the NFL jobs. But the beautiful thing about being in the NFL is that it's all football all the time. And uh and their structure kind of is is in place. And so you know what you're dealing with all the time. It's a much longer football season, but again, it's all football. So if you love football, it's great. Some guys love the recruiting aspect of college. And so they're in college ball. That's all great. But when it comes to a family, I think that's a real stress on the family. Recruiting takes you away from your family much more than just a, a long day at the office, which is what the NFL is all about. So it's an entirely different job. But I I think most guys, in my opinion, would probably prefer to get to the NFL um, for for similar reasons, you know, maybe. But again, like I said, I think some guys love the recruiting and that's good for them. The money though is is pretty close to the same nowadays. Yeah, b- between the NFL, it's not it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty doggone close. So that part of it is pretty even. It wasn't that way for a long time. For assistance, yeah, yeah, for assistant coaches, yeah. Um, so anyhow, but it, that's, uh, we, we, that's we 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 had
1: the game last year where we we picked a five hundred head coach in the SEC or the Big Ten and compared them to an NFL coach. It's mind boggling the money. We're talking yeah. like $3 million difference. Uh, oh. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I realized, well, you want to be a head coach and go six and six and get a raise. I, I, I get that. Mike Nolan with yep. us. Uh, Chad, last year, by the way, picked Philadelphia to win the USFL uh, title in the first year back uh, for, uh, on Fox, um, you face Philly on Sunday, uh, a win and continue playoff atmosphere. In I'm, the a the now, I'm, a, okay. I'm a
2: Michigan man though. Now
1: Hutton, I'm a Michigan man. Fair enough. We're definitely a Michigan man. Uh, coach, what are you going to tell your team pregame? Can you give us the locker room speech? I know you've thought about this.
3: Uh, wow. I really haven't thought about it yet. I've got so many other things to think about, but it's, um, you know, look at, uh I think the uh, there's not a whole lot to say because we've already talked about at the beginning of the show and that is that you know you win and you stay in you're in and you lose and you go home that in itself is a pretty good motivation for our guys to 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 play uh to play at the best the other thing is we're playing our 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 neighbor i mean these are people that on the on the stars teams that we're with every single day in the facility we walk by them we see them uh they get treatment in the same rooms our guys do they i mean we're we're around them all the time coaches and players so there's a real familiarity with the players we played them earlier this season, as you're probably well aware of. That was our second game of the year, but um, none. The, and you look and grow fond of them. You know, I, I've, I've, I enjoy these players, not only our own players, but the players on their team are good kids, are good young people for the same motives uh, as far as playing. And uh, so it's it's going to be an interesting game um, for a lot of reasons, and that being a couple of them.
1: Chad and I love old stories. We love reminiscing. We love ball, uh, and we want the USFL to succeed. We're glad you're a part of it. Uh, Year one for you, year year two of the reincarnation uh, of the USFL uh, through Fox. Thanks for the visit again. We hope you're victorious on Sunday. And join us during the playoffs. And hey, regardless, no no pressure. Uh, You're welcome to join us anytime, regardless if you're coaching or not.
3: These are great, both of you, and I really appreciate it. And and I'm sincere about the questions. It's amazing how how you've asked some questions there that I haven't been asked in a long time, but they really hit home with me. And it's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. I'll be on any time. But thanks a lot. We appreciate Appreciate you, Coach.
1: Coach. Thank you. Mike Nolan. Thank you. Mike Nolan. Uh, I I would love – he makes the postseason break out the full suit. The Reebok suit. I want I want to
2: go back into the, the Reebok the story was awesome. To the old Reebok suit and see if it, it comes out. And Bra- the fact it's still Break out it there. out of
1: muscle and wear it in the playoffs. Some uh, you know, he's got some defensive assistant that took that suit that still, to his knowledge, the last visit he told us, still has the Reebok quote unquote. It was the Reebok logo on a suit that he had uh handmade for it and go
2: full out you know wear the tom landry fedora his yes. father worked for tom landry put the, the hat lineage, on dude
1: like, the whole the whole thing in- incredible uh coming up we've got weird news with davy hudson uh plus mahomes and he's he's doing miraculous stuff on madden he's showing off this have you seen the super bowl ring he's yes. wearing it's not bad. Uh, I immediately thought of the story we had yesterday where someone had, melted them down. Yeah, the, the nine, the nine dudes them. who were breaking in and stealing Yogi Berra's World Series rings, melting them down and selling them. You could make triple, quadruple the amount of money off of the melted bar on what Kansas City handed out yesterday. That's next, right here on Hot Mic. Chad, you demanded a fast show. Hot Mike with Hudson with Withrow across the Outkick Network, wrapping up uh, with the final segment on what's been a jam packed and fast paced show. Happy uh, Father's Day. I demanded it, Hudson. Father's
2: Day gift. I demanded you? it, and we got it today. And thank you. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out
1: there. Yeah. Hear it once and, and expectant
2: fathers. <laughs> Someone in the studio, uh, and it's not Davey Hudson, Go. even <laughs> though we've been talking about the possibility of that.
1: But the happy
2: expectant I know it's not Father's me. Day, by too. By the way,
1: I know it's not me. Uh, the
2: question was raised in the studio, are you going to be celebrated on Father's Day <laughs> as an expectant father to someone in here? And I was like, no. I had to jump in and say, no, that that doesn't happen. Not a thing. Not a thing until you're an actual father. Really? Expectant moms, yeah. Oh, You can do a Mother's father's. Day celebration. No. Yeah, l- let me let you in on something. Dads, expectant dads aren't honored for that act. Uh, I'm glad you bring Before this up. Before the child is there and you've done something Chad. to father the child,
1: you're not getting my, honored for that my act. Brother-in-law, my brother in law, my brother in law, <laughs> Alex. Ryan Albany uh, says
2: he does have cats, so he is a, a cat dad.
1: Shout out, Alex. My sister, Amy, they're expecting. I did, I did give a card to Amy, yeah. congratulating her on Mother's Day for being an expecting mom.
2: And what did you do on Father's Day?
1: Well, Father's Day hasn't happened yet. You should do um, nothing. I don't have a card for Alex, which he gets nothing. I I wouldn't get a card. Hutton, he gets nothing uh, for knocking I, up your sister. I don't have <laughs> a card for my dad either. Uh, yeah, mad props, dad. There's no, uh, no gift. We are playing golf together, the three of us. That's good.
2: That's a nice Father's Day. That's acceptable. Yeah, Even yeah. He's I mean, expecting, that's yeah, just get together. Yeah. Don't give him yeah, a but, card though. No, no, no card. Until but based on your rule, he's alive. not a father. Not yet. No. But he's a part of the Father's Day golf outing. Uh, congrats on impregnating my sister. Here you go. <laughs> Here's a gift card to Bass Pro Shop. Enjoy. That's yeah. just not the gift you want to give.
1: I'm really battling just Alex wait. in this Just wait. In this game, my dad will destroy me tomorrow. Just wait. On, on the links. Uh, it is time to get weird. Weird headlines uh, with Davey Hudson. I think we already got weird.
4: Let's get weird. Let's get, Let's weird. get weird. That's the definition get of the weird. entire show, guys. and the man you'll see on camera Davey
1: Hudson who joins us Davey uh, the weird headline of the week for you is what
0: well the the blind date situation that turned into 23 relatives was pretty weird but we're you know i kind of thought the theme for today could be dating and x-rated content so here we are and the weird theme here is basically davy's life
1: right now yeah. dating and x-rated content. Yeah, can we just talk about your dating life real quick
0: uh i mean if you want to i can skip the stories what, which would you rather do because i got a story about a single mom that's, You'll go that's trying this. to get kicked Davey, out of how her how many dating
2: apps are you on no. first off two two It might okay. take too long yeah go ahead which one is more <laughs> profitable for you between the two if I'm profitable. Um,
0: the
2: successful. Most, the most nips, oh, if you will. Hinge.
0: Uh, dates. Quality, quality hinge. content. Hinge. Hinge What's is, number is two? What at. Uh, bumble. But that one's more of a, you kind of let the women hinge make the first Grinder is three. Uh, hinge. <laughs>
2: so you're getting some takers on hinge, right? uh, You could
0: call it 2B. Okay. <laughs> can we,
2: by, by next week, because we're, we're going to make this a daily feature. By next week, can we get some interaction on Hinge. That we can discuss in the show.
1: Well, yeah, we have sure. some. I think we do. Yeah. Anyway, well, are we allowed fine. to go there?
0: I, yeah, that's fine. I don't care.
1: So the the question is: There's a big studio debate happening right now. There's a blonde mother of two, who I assume is single, um, attractive. Just assuming who has yeah. reached out to Davy first, correct?
0: Yeah. Well, with the, with the way Hinge works, you can like reached somebody like you first, she, though. Yeah, I, I didn't see her profile. She saw mine. She's like, "Hey, that's." This is That's ideal. Right, I'm going to stay
1: in my lane right here, and Davey is my lane. Yeah. Chad and I automatically said, continue, respond. Uh, you have not responded yet, or have you? No, I have. Within the last 24 hours. Yesterday, yeah. you did not.
0: Well, I wait until after the show. I mean, I'm... Yeah, he's... I've, you got, know, I've got... He didn't want to rush. for Yeah, and you can't just rush this thing. He's got to like play he's a the a little bit. Hun, just okay. He's things
1: professional, Come on. unfold. Right. Assassin. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, use the weekend. Use Father's Day weekend, like the weekend the artist. No, no, no. Play, the, play the weekend for play the weekend on Father's Day weekend for the mother of two who is going to be free mm. because, uh, at least in my mind, the father.
2: This or is fathers next
1: level, or the father sinister of the, of the children. <laughs> we'll have the children away, and Davy, you sweep in. And you sweep her off her feet. This is one of the smartest assassin. slash most diabolical things Hutton has ever seen. She has been an assassin for Davey, these two Davey, what Hutton is saying is to use you become the assassin. this
2: Father's Day weekend, a very soft spot,
0: you become for her this father. mother
2: of two that father's you not around, the daddy. Yep. and then this is your weekend yeah. to really Davey, you get thoughts? in there and take I, her out on a date.
0: It's uh... He'll do it on it's Tuesday some night. Solid when she has advice. The kids. I, I think uh I, dating with Davey might be a thing now. So
2: Update next week. Can we get an update next yeah, week? sure. Please. Thank you. I mean, we'll, 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 see, the we'll see where it goes.
1: We'll see where it goes. Here on Hot Mike. Dun, uh, who knows?
0: Dun, 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 Maybe Dave will propose dun, dun, dun. between now
1: and the end of Father's Day. We'll also uh, heart, heart pass on that. We'll one.
2: also birth Good. Ryan Albany's child live on air.
1: You can. Both are coming this year. Back at it three o'clock Eastern Monday for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network.